0: May 2nd. As we look into the New Testament, our reading will come from the book of John. And here we'll be looking at Jesus. Just take a look at him. He's joyous. A Jewish wedding is a very joyful, happy event. And Jesus was very much at home there with his friends. He was a man of sorrows, of course. But he also experienced great joy. And he can share the joys and sorrows of our lives. The joy the world offers will eventually fail, but the joy he supplies goes on forever. And as we continue looking at Jesus, we'll see that he is victorious. The Jews repeatedly asked him for a sign and then rejected the evidence he provided. Well, his resurrection was the greatest proof of his deity, but the Jews did not understand what he was talking about. They would destroy the temple by crucifying him, but he would triumph over them in his resurrection. And with that, let's begin today's reading from the New Testament. May 2nd, John chapter 2, verses 1 through 25. The next day, Jesus' mother was a guest at a wedding celebration in the village of Cana in Galilee. Jesus and his disciples were also invited to the celebration. The wine supply ran out during the festivities. So Jesus' mother spoke to him about the problem. They have no more wine, she told him. How does that concern you and me, Jesus asked. My time has not yet come. But his mother told the servants, Do whatever he tells you. Six stone water pots were standing there. They were used for Jewish ceremonial purposes and held twenty to thirty gallons each. Jesus told the servants, Fill the jars with water. When the jars had been filled to the brim, he said, Dip some out and take it to the master of ceremonies. So they followed his instructions. When the master of ceremonies tasted the water that was now wine, not knowing where it had come from, though of course the servants knew, He called the bridegroom over. Usually a host serves the best wine first, he said. Then when everyone is full and doesn't care, he brings out the less expensive wines. But you have kept the best until now. This miraculous sign at Cana in Galilee was Jesus' first display of his glory, and his disciples believed in him. After the wedding, he went to Capernaum for a few days with his mother, his brothers, and his disciples. It was time for the annual Passover celebration, and Jesus went to Jerusalem. In the temple area, he saw merchants selling cattle, sheep, and doves for sacrifices, and he saw money changers behind their counters. Jesus made a whip from some ropes and chased them all out of the temple. He drove out the sheep and oxen, scattered the money changers' coins over the floor, and turned over their tables. Then, going over to the people who sold doves, he told them, Get these things out of here. Don't turn my father's house into a marketplace. Then his disciples remembered this prophecy from the scriptures. Passion for God's house burns within me. What right do you have to do these things? The Jewish leaders demanded. If you have this authority from God, show us a miraculous sign to prove it. All right, Jesus replied. "'Destroy this temple, and in three days I will raise it up.' "'What?' they exclaimed. "'It took forty-six years to build this temple, "'and you can do it in three days?' "'But by this temple, Jesus meant his body.' "'After he was raised from the dead, "'the disciples remembered that he had said this, "'and they believed both Jesus and the scriptures. "'Because of the miraculous signs he did in Jerusalem,' At the Passover celebration, many people were convinced that He was indeed the Messiah. But Jesus didn't trust them because He knew what people were really like. No one needed to tell Him about human nature.
1: God uses the person who dreams great dreams You let the size of your God determine the size of your dream And you've never really believed God Until you've accomplished, attempted something That cannot be done in the power of the flesh Most people are afraid to set great dreams And set big goals because of the fear of failure There's something much worse than failure It is the fear of failure Failure is not that bad actually failure is the way you learn and that's how you learn don't call it a failure call it an education so the, the, the failure is not bad it's the fear of failure that's bad and the fear of failure the bible says the fear of man is a snare in other words the moment i start worrying about what other people think i'm dead in the water i'm dead in the water so it starts with a dream faith is in a dream faith is evidence and god uses the person who's willing to risk failure Do you know why god uses me it's not because I'm smarter than everybody else. I'm not. But God uses me because I expect him to use me. Not because of who I am, but because of who Jesus is. Not because of what I've done, but because of what Jesus Christ did on the cross. If you study scripture, you'll find that every time God moves out of heaven and moves on earth, it's because somebody believed. What, what, what is God doing in your life right now? Without even knowing you, I can tell you. He's doing exactly what you expect him to do. No more, no less. Why? Because the Bible says, according to your faith, it will be done unto you. What are you expecting God to do in your life?
2: I think the big thing is don't be afraid to fail. I think in our society today, you know, Instagram, Twitter, it's a highlight reel. Um, you know, it's all the good things. And then when you look at it, You know, you think like, wow, when you have a rough day or your life's not as good as that, like, you know, you're failing. You know, failure's part of life. That's a part of building character and growing. Like, without failure, who would you be? Hey, we still have daily struggles. I still have daily struggles, so, um, but that's where my faith comes in. That's where my family comes in, and, you know, I think when you look at a struggle in your life, just know that, you know, that's just an opportunity for your character to grow. Something's going on in your life and you're struggling, embrace it, because you're growing. You will fail at some point in your life, accept it. You will lose, you will embarrass yourself, you will suck at something. There's no doubt about it. I'm telling you, embrace it, because it's inevitable. If you don't fail, you're not even trying. I'll say it again. If you don't fail, you're not even trying. My wife told me this great expression, to get something you never had you have to do something you never did. I found that nothing in life is worthwhile unless you take risks, nothing. Nelson Mandela said, there is no passion to be found playing small and settling for a life that's less than the one you're capable of living. So you gotta get out there, you gotta give it everything you got, whether it's your time, your, your, your talent your prayers or your treasures never be discouraged never hold back give everything you got and when you fall throughout life remember this fall forward
0: Today, we're reading Psalm 103, verses 1 through 22. And here in this psalm, we'll see David makes no requests. All he does is praise the Lord for three wonderful, outstanding blessings, which he names in the verses we'll read, and then explains in the rest of the psalm. Uh, He is praising God for forgiveness. Forgiveness is like healing when you're sick, relief when you're burdened. And then he also praises God for redemption. God redeemed the nation from bondage and from difficulties they faced on their journey to Canaan. And he praises him also for satisfaction. Man is frail and temporary, but believers enjoy eternal youth and spiritual renewal. David compares it to the eagle that looks old but still soars upward with new strength. Don't forget, you belong to the king. Who rules over everything. You're His. The angels praise Him, so why not join in their worship? Psalm 103, verses 1 through 22, a Psalm of David. Praise the Lord, I tell myself, with my whole heart I will praise His holy name. Praise the Lord, I tell myself, and never forget the good things He does for me. He forgives all my sins and heals all my diseases. He ransoms me from death, and surrounds me with love and tender mercies. He fills my life with good things. My youth is renewed like the eagles. The Lord gives righteousness and justice to all who are treated unfairly. He revealed His character to Moses, and His deeds to the people of Israel. The Lord is merciful and gracious. He is slow to get angry, and full of unfailing love. He will not constantly accuse us, nor remain angry forever. He has not punished us for all our sins, nor does He deal with us as we deserve. For His unfailing love toward those who fear Him is as great as the height of the heavens above the earth. He has removed our rebellious acts as far away from us as the east is from the west. THE LORD IS LIKE A FATHER TO HIS CHILDREN, TENDER AND COMPASSIONATE TO THOSE WHO FEAR HIM. FOR HE UNDERSTANDS HOW WEAK WE ARE. HE KNOWS WE ARE ONLY DUST. OUR DAYS ON EARTH ARE LIKE GRASS, LIKE WILDFLOWERS. WE BLOOM AND DIE. THE WIND BLOWS AND WE ARE GONE, AS THOUGH WE HAD NEVER BEEN HERE. BUT THE LOVE OF THE LORD REMAINS FOREVER WITH THOSE WHO FEAR HIM. His salvation extends to the children's children, of those who are faithful to His covenant, of those who obey His commandments. The Lord has made the heavens His throne. From there He rules over everything. Praise the Lord, you angels of His, you mighty creatures who carry out His plans, listening for each of His commands. Yes, praise the Lord, you armies of angels who serve Him and do His will. Praise the Lord, everything He has created, everywhere in His kingdom. As for me, I too will praise the Lord. Proverbs 14, verses 17-19 through Those who are short-tempered do foolish things, and schemers are hated. The simpleton is clothed with folly, but the wise person is crowned with knowledge. Evil people will bow before good people, the wicked will bow at the gates of the godly.